Oh, welcome back to another Mr. Beast um, uh, Big Content Podcast episode. Jack wants to start right off the rip. Yeah, let's Some get of the biggest it. news of all time. Yeah, this is the biggest news in creator economy history. Mr. Beast's company, Chocolate Company, is officially the sponsor, jersey sponsor of the Charlotte Hornets. Mr. Beast is from North Carolina. Mr. Beast resides in North Carolina, and the Charlotte Hornets are also in North Carolina. He will now have a jersey patch of his company, Feastables, on the jersey. And Nick wants to ban talking about Mr. Beast from this podcast because you don't think it's relatable because he's bigger than life. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I just don't know what this. Like, we talk about Mr. Beast all the time, and I think we do have different yeah. angles of of making things uh, maybe relevant or valuable for the beginning ish consumer. This is this just seems like more of like a, this is cool or like gossipy than actual practice. Sure, if anything. you're if you like can't go deep and analyze the situation and like really get to the next level, but that's what these people come to the podcast for is next level thing. I'm here so just to be what, a listener today too. Though. Yeah, so just tune in. All right, so the reason this is massive news is not because a creator economy company is sponsoring an NBA team, although that's obviously huge. Numbers range from. Uh, two to five million for jersey patches. Charlotte Hornets probably not the best team, but it's a local team. We'll talk about that. But the reason I want to talk about this is because do you think that the Charlotte Hornets should be paying Mr. Beast or Mr. Beast should be paying the Charlotte Hornets? Because my hot take is that he should not have to pay a singular dollar to that franchise to get that patch because the amount of leverage that he holds is the greatest in the history of professional sports when it comes to sponsorship. He's going to create one YouTube video. It will it will generate 100 million views. It will talk all about the team. If he involves players in the video, LaMelo Ball might grow by half a million followers. Then LaMelo Ball, just by playing for that team, will gain Puma deals that will be worth $5, $10, 20000000 million more. Though he could change the entire vibe around the team as it's known by the public. Will it impact the X's and O's? Probably not. Will it make it a, will it make it a free agency destination? I'm not saying it will, but it's not out of the question. Deion Sanders is making Colorado, I understand, pro-college different, but I'm saying that Mr. Beast getting involved with that team, look at what Wrexham, look at Wrexham. Wrexham is an English soccer team. Who's, who's Blake Lively's husband? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and his buddy uh, Rob McCain, 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 whatever it is. They bought an English soccer team, League 3. They've already mm-hmm. advanced to League 2. They have a documentary about them. They play friendlies against the top teams in the world. It has literally changed the franchise. Now you're bringing the biggest creator in the world with distribution that no other person in the world can touch, and he's going to attach himself to the Charlotte Hornets, which is quite ironic. My point is... If they, Mr. B should not have to pay. I assume he did, but I think it's one of the craziest deals ever, and, and we're going to see the leverage in, in all of that. I mean, do we know? I, I think it's a really interesting angle, and I think you're probably right, barring the fact that we don't really know any details of it besides the jersey patch. Correct. Like the videos, all that other stuff, like happened with a ton of other work behind the scenes of him mm-hmm. pushing it. Like he might, th- this could be different than just like, okay, Mr. Beast wants to put the Charlotte Hornets on the map of 12 to 20 year olds. And it could just be like, this is a, this is like a food brand being the sponsor of a basketball team. But I'm saying the upside is they should probably just make him a part-time. Well, that's, they should give him that I think is correct. And I think that's just a different conversation than the Jersey patch itself. If we were just like, if, if, if the headline tomorrow was like, Mr. Beast becomes minority owner in a team or whatever, which I don't think is un 
fathomable given his net worth. Yeah. That would be a really cool conversation to have because that he's like more than just someone. I think a lot of times with owners and sports teams in, in general, um, and you could even, I guess, relate it back to smaller businesses and stuff like taking on money. A lot of the value that's given from the person investing is simply that they're just investing and they're giving you money for it. Yeah. And we've, I, I've answered this question like quite a few times. Like if, um, if, if companies reach out to us and we're like, Hey, we want to give you investment money to, you know, scale or do whatever you want with it. 99%. I mean, we're right now, we don't need money. We're not mm-hmm. looking to raise money, but even if we were realistically, I think we would only do it with strategic partners per se. 100%. Like we wouldn't take it from just this person or that person. And maybe I'm just saying that now because we don't actually need the money. But I would prefer taking it from, you know, even if it's uh, another media company like Barcel or something, like if they wanted to invest into us, because money is one value prop that they add, that, that they give to us, but they also can teach us much more about infrastructure and scaling and things like that. And that's where I think the conversation becomes interesting, depending on how involved he really is with the team, because then he can get into the branding thing. And then the contract could be like, you have to promote us via this, et cetera. So LeBron has spoken openly about taking on an expansion team. Once he retires, Vegas is the rumored mm-hmm. for everyone from where they want to go next. And also the team that might make most sense for LeBron. Is it insane? And it might be to say that Mr. Beast as a minority owner would have a bigger impact on a team like Charlotte than LeBron James on Vegas. Is that is that crazy? And even if it's crazy, is it like 1% possibly true? Well, I mean, describe impact, I guess. I'm talking about, from a financial standpoint, probably not, right? Like, if LeBron has ownership in the Las Vegas, you know, cards, then they're, they're going to be valued more than the Charlotte Hornets, most likely. But Mr. Beast could hypothetically like create lifelong Charlotte Hornet fans. Do you think that because LeBron's just the owner there that people, people will root for them because LeBron's associated hundred percent, but like Tom Brady owns part of the Raiders. And I don't think many people are swinging over there slightly different. But my point is Mr. Beast could, if he was all in, right, let's say they gave him a, a real piece and his job was to turn every 12 to 20 year old into Charlotte Hornet fans. Couldn't he make a bigger impact? He could probably create like a little bit of an army for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they would just, it, it's tough because it feels like it's comparing apples to oranges in the sense that Mr. Beast would be improving the franchise's fan base while yeah. LeBron would have more of an impact on bringing players. Like they would true. more likely want to probably play for Vegas because LeBron is there. That's true. If Mr. Beast took like a, um, almost like a Gary V approach, like Gary's um, building out the sports agency, yeah. right? And a lot of his approach is like, yeah, cool. We'll try to get you a good deal, whatever. We'll get you drafted, et cetera. But like we, there's no one better than building out a personal brand yeah. than we are. So it's like, we're more in it for you on the off the field stuff. And you can tell that we're actually going to deliver on that because of what I've done personally and the brands that I've built personally, Gary V speaking. Yeah. If Mr. B's kind of took that approach with bringing players in, I think that could be really interesting as well. Like more collabs in his videos, getting more of the younger generation to be appealed to the individual players. That That's something that's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah if like players care that much on the surface about like Mr. Beast or that stuff. And obviously this is a, a random discussion, like way into the future <laughs> about it, but I just think their impacts are very different. different yeah. And Mr. Beast would, it would take like, I, I feel like a long time for him to be accepted into like the basketball. Oh, community for before. sure. Although he's a hooper. He can hoop a little bit. Can he's, he? he's posted clips, which I think are pretty funny, Really, um, but he's not terrible. So how do you connect? He's this? tall, right? Yeah, he's, he's also amazing at base, not amazing, but he was a really good baseball really? player. Yeah, apparently he was like all state, I think, when in high school kind of thing. I didn't know that. Gave, um, his, gave his life for the YouTube game, though. How do, how do we connect this to the smaller creator 
My opinion is just the biggest example, and it's an encouraging example for the smaller creator. To me, this stamps that creators are never going away. That this, like, while Dion shifted college football, I genuinely believe this is the moment in time that has stamped that creators and content have now taken over, just just taken over. Now, it'll go through ebbs and flows. Leverages will always be shifting. It's constantly a game. But you've got a creator, a YouTuber, who is now sponsoring an NBA basketball team. And there's a real conversation to say, like, how impactful he could be. It could be absolutely insane. So I just figured we talk content, creator economy. It's worth talking that. Uh, the boys secure an office. Well, we got one. Let's go. Did we, like, how's it work? Are we... Se- I haven't paid um, anything, so is that secured? I haven't signed anything. No, nah, I mean we're definitely it's definitely not actually locked up, but we agreed to terms, which is like the big hump that we not necessarily Sources. need to get over. You could source that. Oh, Two shit. year. Yeah. Uh, I can give the yeah, the financials <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Barring any uh financial uh documentation <laughs> analyzing. <laughs> they still need to look over Snapback Sports' yeah, revenue exactly. over the last couple of years. <laughs> like what? Why is all your money filtered into the underdog fantasy? What's going on here? (laughs) That's locked up. You you won't be able to get that. Um, So basically, we agreed to terms. They are going to send over their initial lease. The lawyer that we just emailed will uh, look it over with us. And we'll have to probably negotiate some term. More like finer detailed things. Like what? I mean, it could be just like the certain length of different clauses in the contract, you know, when you have to notify them of stuff, usually like super minor things, but definitely still stuff that you want to have in writing. And that could take, uh, that could take a couple of weeks just based on the fact that we got to like schedule calls and then send it back over to them and they got to come back to us and stuff. Um, but realistically, once that's done, I maybe put that at like three to four weeks timeline. We sign, send in the security deposit, and then we're kind of just waiting on the timeline then. January 1, I guess. Yeah, Jam 1, 2024, big year for the brand. We talked about it a little bit before, but I think now is a really good time, obviously, to talk about it. The thought process behind the joint office, now that it's terms agreed, like, what's your thought process? Because I got a a call, not about this, but in a conversation with my mother-in-law, and she was like, are you guys competitors? Are you rivals? (laughs) Do you work together? Like, how does it work? And I think on the surface, we're – we're competing of sorts. Like we both create sports content. And to be honest, I feel like you have to be like really out of touch to even bring that up. And like a mother-in-law would yeah, be a person that, yeah. but no one. Like, no, I think it's a realistic question. Like, yes. What if NBC and Fox shared an office? They're smaller than us, but like similar, you know, that's, that's fair, I guess, but not from like a smaller creator standpoint, in my opinion, I, I feel like, yeah, that would be kind of weird, I guess, but give it like, I agree with that. So give them the explanation on why it isn't like that for you. Okay. Well, first of all, like we are not in the same, we're pretty much not in the same field or even in like the same industry outside of like sports media in a sense, right? We are in different uh, niches of sports industry. When I'm looking at the office, what what I think this will be actually, and I'm kind of just going all over the place now, but I actually think this is going to be like, um, the first of its kind, sort of. I think we're actually, I don't know if we're going to set a trend, but I do think we're going to start seeing a lot of people start doing this. I think like as creators become like media companies, they'll see what we're doing and then start to mimic that in the same way that like, you know, getting an apartment, it's cheaper to share with two people. (laughs) And it's like a lot of times more enjoyable to have someone else in the the place, whatever. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it too. It's just, we 
can work off of each other. It's always nice to have more resources with each other, another brain or two or five brains in there to think of creative things. There's the idea of collabing together. Mm -hmm. There's the idea of the fact that we work with a lot of the same partners. Um, So like elevating that type of content comes into play. I think, um, I mean, for us, from a business standpoint, again, just like sharing the office space is a little bit cheaper for us. Cheaper, more cameras, more lights, more microphones. Yeah. Split Wi-Fi, split cable, split equipment, Bang. split couches, all that stuff. Split Did cheap. you see from Scott Co? I'm not sure if this is the Q&A you were going to bring to the table potentially. but That was one of the ones I screenshot. Yeah, he said, if you and Jack split office space in New York City, would you consider holding one room open available to BDG snapback followers to apply and use one creator at a time per month to make content like an artist in residency? And so this this is feels like what you're talking about, right? And this is, you've spoken about kind of, your dream and goal is to create an opportunity for creators to come in. And and I think until I saw that message that gave me so much clarity on our open room, like that is 100% going to be open to people to come utilize and, and work out. Yeah. 100%. And that's kind of always been the idea. And like this to me doesn't need to be, the question was phrased like, are you going to make this one room open to people that's like a very tangible, like black and white decision to be made. Yeah. And the way I look at it is like, it's always open to people. Like, I don't, I, I think, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to have it open to anyone, like anyone that follows BDG or Snapback, yeah. but anyone who like comes onto my radar, anyone who finds himself in my network, that kind of stuff is always open to people. And I think it would be cool to create like sort of this, but in the new office as yeah. like a podcast studio for people to come in and use whenever they want to, you know, whether it's like you and Marlon or whether it's like, Danny Miranda is in the city for a day or two, wants to interview some people. Like, Vita, yeah, people that, yeah. you've had. But I think there is another level to where Scott Coe's asking. It's not open, you know, we're giving you the, the keys, but how would you get in touch? Because that's the next topic that we'll expand on, which is what type of message would you get, right? Because I don't think we should limit it to just people with a following, right? Sure. It's people who at least are showing aspirations of creating content. So you're in the big content discord. To me, that would be enough, right? Is you're constantly consuming this stuff. You clearly would love to create content uh, around us, near us, in our in our space. So that to me would be enough. But what type of message would you... And, and it doesn't mean that they can just hit, you know, whatever floor rule. Yeah. They still got to send a message and, and we got to schedule. But you, you're you thinking less those people, more people who, you know, have made it, quote unquote? Uh, in a way, yeah. I That bar is a little bit too low for me knowing, not on like a surface level, but just knowing what that means yeah. for every time someone comes in, right? Like I want to make sure that I am like hospitable. I want to make sure that I like actually do take the time to like hang out with them, get to know them a little bit. And we're also going to have to show them the road. We don't have like a producer in there. So we're going to have to be like, Oh, here's where you could set up. Here's the camera equipment. Here are the cards. Here's where you could transfer it afterwards. But isn't that what you want to be doing at some point? You're just saying not now. Yeah. I don't want to spend all my time doing that though, but I do want to do it for people that I know are putting in the work and stuff. And I know that like, yes, the big content discord, there are people trying to get up there, but where I am right now, like the time and energy that I spend on things, mm-hmm. I, I would like to be able to see some sort of like, I guess, reciproc- reciprocated value, yeah. which it doesn't need to be like at the time or whatever, but building networks with people that have networks is something gotcha. that's really, really valuable in a sense to me. So I'd like to open up and there's no, there's no like resume that you need or anything like in particular that I'm like, oh, you have this number of followers. <laughs> yeah. Like you're in, it, it's literally like if you're a creator that's in my network, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like. Adam, who you met a few, like a month mm-hmm. ago or two or whatever, 
he has, I, I don't know, a YouTube with like 2,000 subscribers, but he's my friend now and he's in my network. Yeah. Like that is kind of like the bar there. If we've met in, re- yeah. in real time or like I kind of know what you're about, you're welcome to come in. But yeah. it wouldn't just be like any random that just happened to like click the join link in our Discord. Yeah. I'm more open, so hit me, hit me up. They're more open because I'm going to have to set them up when they get into the office. No, I know how to set. I know how to, You won't do even that? be here. You travel. I set up punchline. I set up punchline. Okay. We also it. have to talk about, like, the the actual content space in there, like how we want to set it up. Yeah, we're going to design that thing. It's going to be nice. If anyone out there has designed spaces before. Commercial, commercial interior designer. We're going to need one. Yeah. Because I was we've, thinking, we got th- essentially we have three rooms. One is going to be like a solo content factory. One's going to be open space for people to work, and then one's going to be an open space f- with different set scenes and studios. So that's probably the room I would say we need the most help with, which is like how do we best utilize? It's a big space, like it's a really big. big space. The other thing we have to consider too is there's a lot of windows mm-hmm. in that big back wall. So like. That's typically not great for a background. Yeah. So that could wipe out a lot of space that well, we could use. I mean, we have windows in, in the Punchline studio, and you yeah. can curtain them and make yeah. it look pretty. But, it, it yeah, it's another thing. So if you guys... I want to do, like, we should do, like, stadium seating. You know when you first walk in, stadium yeah. seating here, and put, like, a big, uh, almost like that, that TV, but a big projector yeah. of it? That would be kind of cool. Are we going to have, like, a red zone set up? Oh, we got to, I think. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to... We need to, one, narrow down exactly what we need. Yeah. Like, how many sets do we need? Mm-hmm. What, what are, like, the three or four things we need? And how do we kill multiple birds with one stone setting those things yeah. up? I think that's what it really comes down to. I think it's also low-key a lot of space in the in the middle room when you yeah, first yeah. walk in if we get rid of the cubicles. For sure. I think that when, you know, January hits and we start moving in, then we're in there full-time in February, I will – I'm going to be in there. Like, outside of football season, we'll be in there. Good. So don't, I'm, I'm glad to hear don't that. Don't sleep. Like, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be in the office that we just bought. I got to speak to one of my, a class that I took at, at UT. So one of my professors invited me back, and we did an alumni case study, which was cool to not just do, like, a talk about the Snapback brand, but to actually see it, like, apply. Like, you did case studies in, in school, and it would be, like, Nike, you yeah. know, SWOT analysis. And now so give us an international marketing plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, like, but, yeah. but the case, he was like, what would be super helpful to you? And, and the biggest thing for me right now, just super relevant, was I get so many messages, hey, can I help you out? I'll do anything. What can I do? Blah, blah, blah. We've touched on this a little, but this was the most, you know, class-ready case study. And I said, I get these messages all the time. I think it's really good training also for the students to be taught, like, how to actually get on someone's radar. What are the processes? You know, we'll give you background and intel on the company, but then you got to go do your research from there. Then you're going to work with a partner and actually create a case study to, to learn you know, what type of messages come up with ideas and provide value because nine times out of 10, it's, you know, that, that type of message. And I just want to say one thing that I notice most people who responded to my tweet when I mentioned this were like, yeah, you got to be short and straight to the point. I actually don't agree with that. I do not mind when people write a super long message. Long is fine, but to the point needs to still remain to the point. Yes. Don't ramble, but I don't mind if you're giving me a ton of context, Right, which is like, yeah, I did this social media at this account and we got this person to retweet it because I networked in by doing this and here's the little hack that I did here. I, yeah, I don't mind give long. Me, give me but your like, whole four-year history. Make sure it all makes sense. Makes it's context. Sense. It's to the point. It's like telling me what you're good at, what exactly. you can do. Like that is fine. Once you get there, then 
I can't have you say I'll do anything. I'll work for free. That is not appealing to me. I need you to tell me where are we lacking and how can you fill in the blanks, right? And so I had someone yesterday hit me up. He was like, hey, do you need any help? And it was a rare time where I did need help. And I was like, yes, can you try and edit a vertical clip for Punchline? Like, show me that you can do it. He did it, and we're going to be on a call later today because that is providing value. So don't come in with this generality. Come in with an actual action plan. And one of those things could be like, go find us a new partner, how you would contact them, what type of collaboration you would do with them. Like actually provide value. So I'm excited to get the case study back from the students because I'm going to get to actually review them and maybe I'll steal some of their ideas and, you know, it's, they get class credit for it. But I don't know. Do you have any other tips on how to kind of break through? Because it's applicable to applying for jobs, you know, doing pretty much anything in life, getting in contact with people. Um, well, it's actually kind of funny that you brought that up because, I mean, look, exactly what you described is pretty much how everyone else in the office got in. Right. So I want to say there's a line of like, I don't know if it's, it's not really a math or a science to it. A lot of it is good timing. Mm -hmm. Like we just happen to, you just happen to be the person that emailed us at the right time. But I also think the more of those that you do, the better chance that you have to do. But like a perfect example of that would be like, if you're so passionate about working for Jack or working with Jack, you're probably following what he's doing. You'll probably understand that punchline is a really important part of his business right now. So instead of asking, what can I do for you? Edit a clip or yeah. do something like here. I made some graphics, like some cool quote graphics that Marlon said that you could yeah. post on Instagram or whatever. If they're good enough, which like you're not gonna be able to work for him if they're not good enough to begin with anyway. So that's like the bottom line. Yeah. Just do the work before he needs to put it on your plate realistically yeah. is find the things like if you're really passionate about something, then that will be able to show through in like the research that you do when you reach out to them. And we had a kid, um, actually I shouldn't even say a kid, a guy, Mike that came in or emailed me this, this guy, random guy, Mike emailed me. It was a long email, but it was really well thought out. And he was just kind of telling me, um, all the things that he's done. He's like, I, I've done camera work for like these five college teams for these three NFL teams. Like this is my goal right now. I love what you guys are doing. We need help with like camera work, like actual professional videographer and, and camera people, whatever. Uh, I work in New York. Like I'd love to like swing by and see what I could do. That was easy for me to yeah. just say like, yes, come on in. <laughs> yeah. he came on in, took like a bunch of professional pictures. He's actually working on our vlogs now. He's really? like, yeah, for he's, he's a dude with a full-time job. He's like, did he take the, he didn't take the Polaroids, did he? No, no, no. Okay. That was all, I like yeah. those. Right? They look those professional. Are, oh yeah, those those are cool. Um, but Mike came in and uh, we just kind of had a conversation. I was like, "Listen, I don't really have anything for you, but like, if you can provide the value, if you could figure out like based on hanging around with us what we need, yeah. and just like you do it, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is dope. We'll figure out from there like where it can go. And I think you have to transfer that kind of energy into emails, into DMs, into real life person, whatever. And he brought a lot of skills to the table too, things that we don't necessarily have in the office, which was. Really, really cool. And I can tell how passionate he is about just like sports in general, but like what we're doing, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, be targeted. It can be long, but like make sure everything that you're putting into an email or a DM has purpose behind yeah. it. I am a big believer in paying interns because I think I, I didn't know because I was fortunate, but I didn't realize the privilege of taking an unpaid internship, right? For people who have to pay bills, they got to go to work, they got to pay for school. So I'm appreciative of that. On the flip side, if they're asking for, if I offer an internship, it will be paid. That's kind of my policy. If you're asking to work and to get your foot in the door, there I don't have as much of a problem with taking unpaid work, right? It's your request. You want experience. You So that's something to keep in mind as 
That's how you get your foot in the door. And then you provide enough value. And then if the, the money spot is when you can walk away and say, this person needs me. Like now I feel comfortable asking for money because honestly, if one of our interns were to leave and then we have to replace that work, it's not going to be easy if you're providing enough value. So that's something to think about. Number two, you mentioned like just making quote graphics or editing a clip. I would say that's great. That's going the extra yard and that will increase your chances. But that's also intimidating because it takes a lot of effort, right? You're going to prepare all those things, and then potentially they might not even see it. They might not, whatever. I, How I, much, don't, let me, let I me don't even you, need that, though, is my point. Let me really I, ask you, yeah. though. You say, like, they might not even see it. How many of those messages or how many things like that where there's a little bit extra effort do you actually not see? Well, I see everything. Same. Yeah. So that, That's the point I'm getting at. Yes. Is like, we might seem busy, but, like, realistically, this is so our I, life, and we're just all over everything. I would see it. If I it would, catches my eye, I see it. Yeah. Tag me on Twitter, I would see it. DM me, I would see it. We but, see fucking everything. <laughs> but my point is, I don't even need you to go to those lengths. I just need you to come in and say, hey, Jack, you guys don't post graphic cards. That would improve your business. I could do that for you. That would be enough for me. Is if you see, brought that's me not enough for me. I don't need you no, to no, tell no, me that. The next step would be, You okay, should attach one of those sure. in the email. I, and, and that's fair from your point of view. All I'm saying is, if someone said, I think you guys should be posting the podcast uh, through a Reddit burner account, and I'll do it. And I'll make five accounts before they even did it. I would say, "Cool, I sign off on that. Go do it." And then now we can have a serious conversation. That's a little bit more intense because that's like uh, things that are being posted on your behalf. Yeah. But my point with the first thing is like, "Oh, you guys could make more graphic cards." Your reply to that is going to be like, "Okay, make Maybe. the graphic cards." All right, so why if, even? What if someone was like? Uh, they didn't I think, post it, though. They just made it. What if someone was like, I think that every, not for you guys because you already do it, but you're like, I think that every YouTube video you guys create should go up as a podcast, right? In a hypothetical world where you don't do that. I wouldn't expect someone to go and start uploading them all, but that would be enough for me to have the conversation of, all right, let's try it. Cut up the podcast, send it to me. I'll upload the first one. You send me the title and then you build enough trust and I'm going to give you the keys. And now you can rip every single one and put, you get what I mean? Graphic card is the lowest. It, it takes the least amount of work. Yeah. And that, but no one does it. These other stuff that where it's, where it's like posting on your behalf. Yeah. You need some kind of, but, but you don't need, you don't need, my okay to actually do the podcast part be like yo i cut it up this look yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to how much better this sounds For as sure. a podcast or whatever we don't yeah. need that obviously within our business but like yeah. that's just the, it's the same example just in like, a different form our we're good on thumbnails i think so but if someone when we were just starting out on youtube was like yo your thumbnails need to be better Matt, like use this one for your next video hundred percent i would have used it if it was better and then they would be doing that's exactly thumbnail. what i just said yeah. he sent you the thumbnail yeah right? yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't happen. I'm just saying. I know, I but I'm saying if someone sent me a good thumbnail, yeah. I'd immediately be like, I'm hiring. Yeah, like yeah, straight like, up. Like that's how, yeah. I don't want to say that's how easy it is because yeah. again, you have to be talented and, it has, and the work has to be good. But that is such, if, if your work is good and you just send it to us having already done it for us, like what choice have you given us besides be like, yo, this is dope. Right. Like, cool. Thanks. I will say. Finding out what we need is probably the hardest part. That that is I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because to us it seems so obvious. And then I, I start to think about like how would people know punchline's the most important part? How mm -hmm. would people know Snapback Thursdays or getting a new partner or because on the surface it looks like we've got everything figured out and you know, maybe we only have small room for improvement, but in the inside it's like hair's on fire. Like I, there are so many things you could help with.
but I need you to figure them out. But then how do you advise someone on getting them to figure that out? Because that, I will say, is the toughest part. I will say, I, I think as a, you, you behave as a consumer and you consume as much as you can. Yep. And then you step outside and ask yourself, like, what did I not like about this as a consumer? Not like I'm trying to get a job for Jack or I'm doing it from Jack's point of view, but it's like, I'm a consumer. This was bad. I don't like this. This could be way better. Yeah. Point those things out and then make those things. Yeah. And then say, like, hey... I listen to your shit, but this start is terrible. Start small sometimes, yeah. right? I think that's I'm telling the you, doing one. the thing, yeah. but starting small is fine. And then, Most people don't do anything. Right, because then you get in the door. You made me a thumbnail. All right, now you make thumbnail, thumbnail, thumb, thumbnail. Then I'm like, ooh, we could use graphic cards. Can you make those too? Yes. And then, like, that is how our designers worked his way up from $50 a week to now he's getting paid almost like a decent salary for being in college. And when he graduates, unfortunately, he's smart as shit, and he's going to go do, like, engineering. But if not, I'm hoping he fails out of of (laughs) Virginia, and he could just come work Nothing a little blackmail can't fucking get done. Yeah, exactly. But but he 100% would have a role as long as 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 it makes sense. So I hope that's helpful to people, more helpful than Mr. Beast. Before we get into Q&A, I want to have one last discussion about how hard it is to be a full-time creator. It's hard. Do you agree? Do you? What do you think? Because we set out the playbook, right? And then I'm on a call with one of my one of my friends from college who has left his ESPN radio job and is doing Texas Sports uh, Unfiltered is the name of the company, right? And they've got eight legit people who are in media around Texas, so they've got the Twitter followings. And he's picking my brain about social media. He didn't know about IG Reels. He didn't know about YouTube Shorts. He has barely started a TikTok account. And so I start to be like, wow. I've been doing this for six years. Like, I really do know stuff. And it goes back to what you said, which is like, how do you know unless you go and do it? And then I started to realize, like, a lot of this is time and it's skill and ability. And, you know, you joke that, like, the Raven social media guy was like a 22-year-old college kid. But it's fully staffed team, grown adults doing this. But as a creator, like, how hard would you say it is to be a creator? I guess now that you've kind of, like, prefaced with all that, in, in my mind, if, if I'm like everything was wiped tonight, yeah, I think I could do it all again you do. in time. I, sure. I think that is probably one of the toughest things for most people is like they don't know whether or not they're willing to really put the time in. If you yeah. give me like three years, I'll be a full-time content creator again. Three years, 100%. Yeah. And I think... Uh, but anything less than that, no guarantee. Correct. That's probably Even with your at. skill set and experience. Yeah, I, I think like two, and two let's and say, a half to three Let's years. say you weren't allowed to use your name. You still feel that way, right? Yeah, 100%. Like if you were just like meta voice and yeah. Yeah, it would be hard. It would be really hard to do it again. But like I have no doubt that I'd be able to do it again. And, and a lot of that probably stems from the fact that like that's been my whole life the last eight years or so. Yeah. Understanding platforms, understanding what works, what doesn't work, experimenting with that. So if I had the mind that I had now going forward. But with that, I also feel like teaching someone from scratch i think a lot of people are just tainted like yeah. what the way they think about social and the way they think about charlie like, d'amelia fucked everything up yeah kind she's of. the only creator that was a true overnight success yeah and, and that's not well, even I think fair like to TikTok, her because she posted I think, I think that yeah. whole group of people right like and that's not fair to her because she did post content for years and got ridiculed at school like got teased upon but like her rise like even mr beast was doing youtube for a few years before he, he even got going the pauls were doing vine forever right like Overnight success is insane to say. I actually want to talk a little bit more about JMO because we two weeks ago uh, we talked about if and when I need to negotiate contracts with interns, mm-hmm. right, to stay here. They can come with leverage. Over the course of the last couple of weeks since, like, the season has been going on, he's been 
posting a ton of content yeah. on his own personal TikTok, doing really well with views, so making money from the creative program. Mm. Uh, he's had some big days with the affiliates, nice. some of the companies that we work yeah, with, yeah. enough to the point where I'm like, there's like a decent chance that it's 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 an interesting point of view. I don't know like how sustainable like the income that he's going to be making over the next you know whatever is, yeah. which is also why I think from not even personal branding but like a business branding mm -hmm. is he might get to the point where he's going to make enough money that he doesn't need to work here. He doesn't need to salary money. I don't think he's there yet, but he'll probably be there in two years. You know, most. Um, and that's from making content from four years back when he started college, right? So he's been doing it and he yeah. built up the goodwill to do that. I think there's a lot of him that would say, I want to work here because I want to be a part of something. And I think that's the story of all this from my perspective is like, I want people to want to be here. And I would, I, well, I think he gets to play the best of both worlds, which is, I would let him say he here, even eat, if he didn't work for us. Right. He, but he gets to eat the affiliate money. Like, I think it should be position either you front, it and mm -hmm. then he can bonus it or whatever it may be but he should but because he gains value from being here as well right and i still think he doesn't have he's making money today on tiktok and from affiliate right but if affiliates go away and uh tiktok creativity fund which could you know mm -hmm. bust at any moment he doesn't have the business brand yet yeah. which i think he will only continue to grow by working but also by working with you and so there's leverage all around the park i i think it's just a really interesting time for creators given the fact that the platforms that you can do numbers on are now paying the creators yeah. to do so um so i think it's actually easier to become a full-time creator now than it ever has been it's obviously a little bit more saturated but like that saturation comes with just a million people that don't know what they're doing and a million people that are just like grasping at because we've talked so much about how the best creators are actually the best business people they've just combined content with that mm -hmm. but now if they're paying just off views which is unprecedented then maybe not the best but business people are getting into it because they're still being rewarded for just viewers is creativity fund still running the same for you guys yeah i mean our our views have been going yeah. down collectively but like it's same money wise CPA yeah or yeah, RPM, yeah. yeah. I, I think so. i made 200 I, bucks on a video there we go yeah what video uh, Justin Fields kind of shit. Oh, I saw it. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, money wise, I think the same is flowing in from there, and it's kind of cool that like um, I'm, I think we're starting to see a little bit of the fruits of our labor in terms of like what we're trying to create here. Like, Jamal obviously has a large following. Mm. Gut, one of our other interns, has started to build his own personal brand through BDG and posts consistently, and kind of sees. I, I think they're a little bit in like friendly competition. Yeah, they're not like uh, at the same level, obviously, as creators. Yeah. But I think Jamal is learning from us and Jamal's learning from other people on TikTok that he looks up to and aspires to whatever yeah. that are not us that are other fantasy creators. And then guts kind of seeing that and like not taking it slow, but like, you know, starting to build upon that. So yeah. everyone's starting to become their own like little personal brand and build their own leverage through that. It. I think is why the office will be great Yeah, because it will create. And it, I actually don't think it's even healthy competition. I would just say it's more so motivational and to see someone else. That's what win. I mean, yeah. And you just feel like, all right, I'm going to do even, it. Even, and I'm going to let me. you pick my brain. Even and, me, like, seeing yeah. the success that Jameson's having. 100%. Me, I'm you like, want to get going. Now I'm like, okay, I yeah. actually want to start doing things a little bit differently. Yeah. I see the success that you're having. Yeah. Or I see, like, the things that you're doing really well yeah. that we're not doing. So it's like, that's valuable to our company. You're yeah. doing it for yourself. But, like, let's, you know. And it's also hilarious. Like, we talk about it. We know what to do. But sometimes you just need to see someone else internally doing it to be yeah. like, 
well, I'm an asshole if I'm not if right. I'm not going to actually yeah, do yeah. what I what I'm preaching. So Hallie came home from an uh, engagement party and was like, I want to start posting TikToks. Like my friend, she just got sent like a thousand bucks worth of clothes to try on, and I was like, all right, this I'm. A, you don't like to hear stuff, Hallie. So I'm going to give it to you straight, straight up. I know you're going to fight with me over this. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. Number one, if you're dead ass serious about this, I will help you. If you're not, Good. don't waste my time. Number two, if you're only, if the first thing that comes to your mind is you want free stuff. That was it. Yeah. You're, was, you're she's fucked. done. You're <laughs> so she said, I want to, let's try it. Let's do it. And so she, she had already filmed her first video. It was like 30 minutes. I said, well, first of all, cut it to four, you know, if anything, no one. And by the way, you need a better hook. You need a better thumbnail. Think about music. Think about caption. Think about hashtags. And before you post your first video, I want you to come up with 50 ideas on, on what your angle is and then like content ideas. And she gets, you know, through six, she's like, can I just post this one? I'm like, no, gets to 25. And I don't want to say she quit, but she was pretty much like, you know what? I just want to do this for fun. And that was the moment where I was like, perfectly fine. Treat it as your own personal vlog. And she's posted three videos and like her friends enjoy it. And it's mm-hmm. great. It's like, she's like, it's just Instagram, but like a vlog for me. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But that was the moment where I was like, it's just, it's not, it's not, you think there's things to do and you can get into it, but I want to scare people out of it. Because if you're not scared of shit of how much work has to be done, then you're just never going to do it. Yeah. And, and also the way that she responded, I love that. She was like, I just want to do it for fun. Yeah. Like that's how most creators should start out. Like you sure. should, if you're getting into it right away with like, this is a business plan. Yeah. You're probably destined to fail because you're chasing after, I mean, what do people think of when they think of business, follower counts, money, yeah. all that kind of stuff? Like not good. It's a, that's actually a good angle. And I probably got to follow up with her and, and encourage her to be like, you know what? To start, dude, you've seen me like it's just an expressive outlet. Like yeah. she loves like yeah. posting the shit with her and her friends. Like yeah, it's but fun. Is there a turning point in your opinion that not, not, you need to acknowledge? Like I need to create better hooks. I need to create better content. Not if she's doing it for fun. No. Got it. No, but I'm saying if you're saying that people should just start regardless, like get started is essentially the advice you're giving. At what point should they start to optimize? If, if that's going to hold them back, if making a list of 50 content ideas is going to make sure you never get started, you're saying, fuck it. Don't even do that. Just get I started. I think you should have a pull to do something. Like, yeah. I think you should, in the beginning, the first year, two years, yeah. literally, you should only act on instinctive pulls. But what if her pull is to get free stuff? Okay, then that's it like, I, I have, I, 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 like, this, me speaking is yeah. not to those people. Yeah. Like, I don't have advice for those people because that's not my audience. Yeah. You're an idiot. You're an <laughs> idiot and I hate turn. you. Yeah. That turn. All right, Q&A time. You want to start? Yeah. I've got Abe Roy. Any regrets employing your friends? Anything you do differently? Did we talk about this? I don't think we have. No. What is what is this even referring to? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did hire my brother. He works with me. Um, okay, so I, I, I do have a stance on this. Yeah, yeah go Because now, because of how public everything went, like I get asked a lot, like, you know, working with friends, bad idea, right? And I... Genuinely couldn't disagree more. Yeah. Like, I think they're, I think you could work perfectly fine with friends. I consider me and Tony very good friends. Yeah. You could work with friends. I think you either are working with the right or the wrong people, mm-hmm. straight up. And again, nothing about the people that worked here before. They just were not the right fits for what we were doing in the business at the time. It doesn't matter if it's your friend or not. Like, it, it matters whether or not they're 
the right person for the right job. Like you just hiring your friends because they're your friends is going to be the wrong thing. If the right person for the job happens to be your friend, I don't think it matters. I'm sure there will be extra like baggage Uh, that comes along with it. There's always part parts that can't be spoken. I would hire any of my best friends if I thought they were the best person for the job. The, Wouldn't even hesitate. The one caveat and to take responsibility on yourself, right? Because you're saying they're not the right person. The one thing is if you're not mature enough to be able to have conversations, right? If, yeah. if you are not self-aware to know, look, when things are going to get real, I can't do it. I'm, I'm fearful. I just walk away from it. Then you can't do it because if you can't right. have a, if you yeah. can't have a conversation, then you're screwed. Yeah. And that was besides, really, really tough. Yeah. Like even for me, I probably hit it longer than I right. should have. Yeah. And the deeper you go into that, that that's the other thing. You do end up giving more leeway, yep. more leverage, more all of these things to people that you already have a personal relationship with because there is that, that kind of baggage. But I, I don't think there's definitely no rule in my fucking book that says I can't hire a friend. Yeah. So. yeah, I come from a family business. So that that was not hard for me. And I think if you come from that, you also probably can handle it a little better. What cues do you have? Uh, from the real Jim Shady said, y'all should consider a joint venture in social media consulting. I'm sure there are consulting firms already in con- uh, existence and they have experience building followings and they offer references. But being the reference, um, like look at what we did for ourselves, let us do it for you, would be more appealing to someone like myself who has been inspired by... Nick to create and just instead of consuming. I also think like that's something it's not necessarily like a question. It was more like, what do you guys think about doing some sort of consulting? I, I, those are those things that I think will come kind of naturally based on the content that we're doing. I wouldn't even be opposed to depending on what happens over the next couple of years of thinking about some sort of like in-house creative agency between the two of us. I think that's kind of what he was getting at. And that's partially how the agency snapback agency stemmed from, right. was like, I was combining my network skills ability based off what I was talking about and what I was doing with Alex, who, who also brought those things to the table. So I thought it was a really good idea. I don't think right now is the time right. for those, it. Those are the kind of things that will happen naturally. I exactly. think same thing with like the idea of the office. That, that literally might stem from being in the office, right? Like 100%. a brand we'll have partner people coming comes in, in. And be like, I'll pay you guys to help me with this. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, there's a business here yeah. then, you know? And then it's like... Just don't force it, it'll happen. Like 40K a month or what? Yeah, something like that, minimum. Yeah. Maybe first client. Well, the joke is like the commercial idea. Like that could genuinely just stem from being in the office and then we create more ideas like that. And then, That's why if we work with partners, like the same partners together, like we have yeah. all the space in the world and all the whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I saw yesterday, so Full Send, mm-hmm. they started with Kyle and... Do you know the other dude? Yeah, I know. I know. Who I can't remember his name, but he obviously left full send. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he's doing now? I would assume probably consulting. On the so he end. started like his, uh, his own basically one-stop shop creative agency. I yeah. think it's called Sunday maybe okay. or something like that. And he, he does it from like a merch angle because full send made so much yeah. off of merch and he was like the kind of the brains behind it. So he helps you create content. And then he also manufactures and produces all the merch for your brand as well Mm -hmm. all like in-house it's a really really cool operation and got me thinking about like more in the future type of ideas where consulting is cool but like specializing in you know narrowing it down to being like hey we want to be the you know multi-person podcast uh, consulting brand or whatever something like that i think i don't know i want to put the link to the video i watched because it was really cool and he actually does weekly vlogs is it like an explainer on 
his business or he's vlogging it? It's not from the video I saw was a guy just randomly like, dude, this is really, really cool. Uh, this is what not Kyle, fuck, what is his name? Yeah. Whatever from Full Send is doing now. And um and I was like, Oh, I, I like super relate to like yeah. what he's doing and the way he's thinking right now. And it's, yeah. it's 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 pretty inspiring stuff. It's very cool. Um but all those things will branch off, I think, kind of naturally whenever we feel like pulling the trigger. And I also do think like you know, in, in a month from now or whenever we move into the business, we mm -hmm. just like tweeted something out like, hey, we decided to start a social media consulting business. If you're interested, DM us. Mm -hmm. I think we'd probably get a decent amount of DMs yeah. from it. Um, Eddie asks, how do you organize all of your content or all your vids and content saved to a hard drive, phone, Google Drive, Dropbox? Yeah, I wrote back to him Dropbox, Dropbox. but I wanted to expand on it. And Same. especially today, what I've been doing for the uh, Punchline Pod is I'm clipping stuff for creators, making their job as easy as possible, right? So I've got a network of 10 Ravens creators, and I'm clipping, like, a funny Kyle Hamilton story, funny Roquan Smith, funny Marlon story about last week's game. Drop them in a Dropbox and then send it. But today, for the first time ever, I got a notification that I've exceeded my bandwidth. Have you had that issue before? Yeah. And so they limit like how upgrade many. upgrade your plan. Yeah. They always go it's expensive for money. Fuck. Yeah, is that because it's like per user per person? It's crazy, right? But but what was happening before is you didn't need to be a user of the plan. You just needed to be able to have. Well, access you might have exceeded your memory. No, we just exceeded our bandwidth, which is sending to too many people, which oh, is maybe. kind of annoying. So yeah, I'm having Casey look into it. But yeah, we're on Dropbox. We use a little maybe, bit of Google Drive. Maybe you could expand it to like having three people on the team like you casey and then create yeah. like an uh, affiliates at snapbacksports.com yeah. login so that yeah. like all affiliates and you have like permission set to specific things for just that email or yeah, something that could to work too it. i'm sure that dropbox has kind of thought about all the stop gaps it's like netflix kind of in <laughs> yeah, a way exactly. where it's like trying to limit the number of people yeah. yeah we haven't had too much trouble with dropbox but yeah we're i gotta i gotta say we're we're very like kind of guerrilla warfare -y. we are a, a little bit more organized with the dropbox you guys have slack right we have Slack, yeah. Out of you. We have Slack, and the only reason we like upgraded it to like a business plan only because two of the companies that we worked with last year were like, "Hey, can we like add your company to our yeah. company?" And I was like, "Sure." And Slack, I ended up having to pay like eight hundred dollars to have the fucking employee plan for a month. No, no, no. Like yeah. for the year or something like that. But still, like I don't want to pay a thousand dollars just to message you some bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah twice a me. month or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We we have Slack. We have Dropbox. Um, we obviously like have group text messages and yeah. shit like that. We use Dropbox, but. Since we're in the office, like, we're kind of fortunate that we could just look across the room yeah, and just, like, yeah. yell at each other. We have the yeah. same physical cards and stuff. Um, but trying to, yeah, Dropbox is probably the best resource. Try to be, like, very organized with it, too. Like, break it down into what the different projects you're working on are. And then when you're uploading, like, files and stuff, try to keep it in order of, like, date. Maybe, like, date and topic. Um, just being more organized helps yeah. with all that stuff. That's all I had. That was my last Q&A, actually. All right. Uh, well, that's big content. If you enjoyed, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the button that looks like this. Share it with anyone that you think would uh, find this helpful. And we'll be back next Monday. Hello. Do you hear me? I need my help. Ah. You couldn't hear me without them, though? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Um, can I post this real quick? Do you mind? Do I have a choice? Um, yeah, if, if you mind it, but this one's gonna, we're collabing with the Ravens. Throw me in there. Throw me in the caption. <laughs> That's my <laughs> deal. Tag you. Don't post it, or if you do, you have to throw me in the cappy. <laughs> what, um...
What is it that you're posting? Um, so it's a clip of uh, Kyle and um, Marlon talking about Roquan. Just, just being crazy? Yeah. In what way? Like, took smelling salts before the game and, and like, walked onto the field. It was just, like, so fired up. And Kyle's like, dude, the game, like, hasn't even started. <laughs> Uh, but they said, like, he's the nicest dude in the world. So Ravens liked it. Roquan Smith. Um, Roquan Smith is a dog. Yeah, he's always been awesome. All right. It's just luck. Who runs the Baltimore Ravens social team? Is it just, like, some kid? No. Garrett Downing. I'm friendly with him. He's probably mid-30s. All right. <laughs> Garrett Downing. Is that name supposed to ring a no, bell? No, I mean, me? you ask, like, you asked who runs it. Uh, it was what? more just, like, a what, like, kind of person runs it, you know? Like, adults. Like, a full-blown adults with a whole children. Whole-ass adult. Run... Has children? Social team. Married. I'll be married with a kid in... You're not even getting married. I'm getting married in Florida. Well, no. Now, Florida and New York are out. They can't play underdog on my wedding day. So... (laughs) I'm not coming. (laughs) So... Did you bring your Q&As? Yeah. All right, good. You want to do them before or after? Did you? Yeah. Well, I just figured it would take up the majority of the... Thing rather well, let's rip Mr. Beast first. You want to sure. talk about Mr. Beast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Do I want? If it were just like a Mr. Beast podcast, I mean, that's like the biggest news in creator history, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's not like you want to start this. It's just, it's talk? just like, uh, no, it's just a different level of everything we ever talk about with him. It's like, oh, Mr. Beast did something cool that no other creator has done and will ever do, but it, it, but we can tie it to the, any creator, the amount of leverage that creators, have. right? But like. I think I'm, I might ban Mr. Beast from this podcast. After this. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> okay. But this is this is the biggest thing. 